Hey, what's up, everybody? For your fix of fitness, health, life, and laughs, you know where it's at. That's right, it's at the podcast with your host, yours truly, Adam Pullman. Right? Third time? Yes. Um, what is your what are you doing right now? What is going on in life? I feel like I don't know. I mean we haven't I've seen you. No, we've talked since last time we did an interview, but haven't like touched base. Talk, yeah, touch base, just talked about what you're doing. Training, life. Training, personal kids. training, CrossFit. Um, yeah. Strength training, my own, doing my thing. Yeah, I saw I saw that you got um did you just get your cert or did you get the judges one? I uh, just got the judges course, um, did my level one CrossFit in November. That's right. Okay. So, so the judges course, you took the test for that and everything and like mm-hmm. you passed it. Mm-hmm. What do they, what do they teach you in that course? Like walk me through what that's like. Cause I literally know nothing about that stuff. Standard movements for okay. the CrossFit open. So it's a judges course mainly to get through. Well, any competition, but the standard movements of exactly what it should look like. And right. Yes. Um, so standard movements being a squat. Right. Where your hips need to descend. How low? Okay. Like, just gotcha. stuff like that to run through. So, so through so through that, what are you allowed to, or I, should, I guess I should say qualified to judge, critique? Are you, how, like, how, because I'm sure there are people who are extremely qualified judges, you know, people who just started out. Like, how does that work? Why are we opening up with a question? I don't know. Just oh, well, that's kidding. fine. I don't know. How am I supposed to know? If we don't know, we don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally fine saying, I don't know if that qualifies oh, yeah. me, like, how high I can go, but... Yeah, judged for the CrossFit Open yesterday okay. at the local level. Um, I don't know if there's a higher judges course. I don't to, know. At a higher level. I would huh. assume. I mean, you'd think, right? Like, they wouldn't just let anybody just right. meet me walk into the games. Why not? Right. Why not? And judge exactly. All exactly. the best athletes in the world. Yeah, you'd have some pretty upset athletes if you made a mistake. That's a lot of pressure to be a judge and a referee and umpire in sports. Ugh, especially yeah. professional. Did you see that the, I saw an article? I don't remember the exact percentage. I think. It said the open like registrations are like down forty something percent. CrossFit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's like since two thousand eight. Pull that up. What? I'll pull. Yeah, I'll pull it up. I did. I'll be honest with you. I read a little. I skimmed a little bit of it. I didn't read the whole thing. Um, wow. Let's see here. Yeah, it said. Uh, it was insane. I couldn't believe it. Um, well, CrossFit. I don't. Do you know that they did it away with regionals this year? No, they I have didn't. sanctioned events. So how does that work? What's the difference? Um, so beforehand, you'd have the CrossFit Open, like 500,000 people around the globe competing. Sure. sure. And then from that, it gets cut down to regionals. Okay. Um, just like top 600 athletes, okay. like move into continents, different areas of the country, and then you compete at that level, and then it moves on to the CrossFit Games. Gotcha. So now you're going from the CrossFit Open straight to the CrossFit Games. There's not the regionals in the middle. So you're competing. That's going to change the whole thing. Uh-huh. Yes, I mean, but so now they also have sanctioned events that are recognized by CrossFit, okay. by CrossFit Games. Okay. That if you win that, then you can go to the CrossFit Games. So you could just compete in one um, sanctioned event and go straight to the CrossFit Games if you win. So there's probably going to – I would expect that there would be a bigger gap between competition at the Games, right, if there's less of a filter – that well, weeds people out as you progress? Well, that's been something like we've been anticipating that the Open is going to be more difficult this go-around. In order to make up for that. Uh-huh. Maybe that's why people didn't uh, 
sign up or uh, register. Okay, so this is uh, uh, it's called so the website's Morning Chaka. I'm assuming yes. it's it. Yes, it's a good. One. Okay, it's reliable. Uh, with four days left, open registration numbers are down forty four percent. I, I don't know the details. Um, let's see. Interesting. Oh, Morning Chalk Up has issued a correction to their original story, which can be seen here. Oh, correction. Open registration down only 32%. Earlier reports are inaccurate. That's still crazy, though. I, yes. I don't understand it. So uh, this number was based on 499,000 registrants in 2018, a number that our team obtained by pulling names from the CrossFit's public leaderboard. The confusion arose in the overlap between divisions. Uh, additionally, our finding of 499,000 was substantiated by CNN's February 22nd, 2018 story, which estimated 500,000 CrossFit athletes. So their numbers were wrong, but that still is it's quite still, a bit yeah. down. Do you have any idea like why? I mean, I'm not in that world or industry too much, so I don't know if, I mean, is there talk about well, like, things changing? Well, I mean, because then some people may be not do the open and just may go for a sanctioned event. Right, right. So run by a private entity and not go through... Uh-huh. CrossFit open at all. Okay. So not have to compete against anyway. half a million people. Sure. So Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I saw that and I was like, huh. But that makes sense now. I didn't know that that was, that they kind of changed the way they did that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's something they'll stick with. I guess we'll find out. Um, I think they will from what I've heard. Um, that they'll be doing it so that private entities are taking over the production of okay. that as opposed to the CrossFit Games right. running everything through okay. running all the competitions so they've stepped away from that middle space and now private entities will step in so uh okay i see yeah. interesting yeah. how's um training going outside of that are you dedicating most of your time to crossfit right now right now most of it's crossfit um most of it's crossfit because i'm newer to crossfit right um diving in diving in so i do yeah, all been, or nothing yeah i was gonna say you've been going hard i've been watching the instagram stories you got something up every day you're doing something i'm like man she's every day Going like twice balls out. Day. Yeah. Um, I mean, but that's my personality. I think sure. you know that. Like, it's yeah. bodybuilding. It was all in. Yeah. All in. Now it's mainly CrossFit. I mean, still strength training and still doing yoga. But right, right now the focus is getting being a part of the community as much as possible, soaking up as much knowledge as possible, and working for with two incredible coaches that I can learn so much from. Mm-hmm. Um, so meeting with them every week as well. And nice. Yeah, getting practice, 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 practice. Coaching. I know it's so, so much practice. So, are you like, do you feel with where you're at right now? Do you feel like I've given the bodybuilding thing, bodybuilding thing, a try for a little bit? Now I want to try this new thing, and I'll come back. Or are you like, just I did that one thing, I'm done with it, I'm moving on to the next. Where are you at with it? Because I know you love all of them. Yes. You know, so where are you? <laughs> st- where are you standing with one? Are you just deciding to focus on one right now? Because I would assume, you know, you can't. You can't give your all to bodybuilding, give your all to yoga, give your all to CrossFit. You kind of have to do one really hard while you have, like, the other ones at a moderate pace, you know? Because otherwise you're going to burn yourself out or suck at all of them. Yes. For real. 100%. Okay. And, yeah, and bodybuilding, if I was competing, no, it's an all-in. Like – You have to. You have to. Yeah. There's no – you can't be half – halfway in, halfway out. Sure. Um, So right now I would say the focus is CrossFit. Okay. Like, it's the focus – Yes, the other things are still part of my life. Right. Um, bodybuilding, to be determined, but I think I'm going to be stepping away from that, but I will always be in the gym. Right. Love love being in the gym, love strength training. Yep. Outside of CrossFit, um, we'll always have that as a part of my training every week. Mm-hmm. So, um, but stepping away. What? Bodybuilding stage. I don't know if I've asked you this in other interviews, but what what major, I'll just say major that way, and you don't go off for 30 minutes on it, because both you and I probably could, but what... What major crossovers have you seen from, you know, practicing yoga, 
and then that translating into your CrossFit or that translating into your strength training or your strength training translating into your CrossFit. What have your what have some of the major carryover uh, carryovers been for you in your different modalities of training? Um, well, I'm a huge believer, no matter what, whatever you're doing, that you need some flexibility, mobility, yep, absolutely. and you need strength training yep. and some heavy weight, heavy weight. So, um, but from there, both of them they all feed off of one another. Like my as my strength improves in CrossFit. Then that carries over into yoga. Um, yoga, you're moving through a lot of the movements, almost like in a snatch when your hands are overhead. Like you're practicing those movements, moving with your breath. Breath work for sure in yoga has helped with Olympic weightlifting, helped with competing to regulate your breath, helped okay. with mindset. I think mindset carries into all areas. Of oh, life, absolutely. Right? You, were reading a, you were reading a book uh, or you told me about I one know. or I saw it on Instagram. I can't remember mindset. which one was it. That's what I <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Go That's work. exactly what I thought. Exactly of it. what it was. Did you finish uh, it? Are you working? No, that? I never read it. Um, <gasps> don't. I've read other ones. I've read other ones since then, and now mindset's gonna be. I have one other one in front of it. I mean, God, there's so many books. That What's the one in front read. of it? Um, Extreme Ownership. Oh. I'm gonna read. Have you read that one? No, I haven't, but I've been wanting to, and that's the one I forgot to put on my list like two weeks ago when someone told it to me. Okay, so that one's my Extreme next ownership. one. Right now, I'm finishing okay. up Amrap Mentality. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's on my list too. It's a good one. Okay. So. Um, Finishing up AMRAP mentality, and it's a quick read. Like, I think I could have finished it in a week. I just oh, okay. yeah, didn't, and yep. Right. I just have, like, the last 30 pages to finish up. Um, so extreme ownership, and then can't hurt me will be one that also okay. I think I'll end up reading. Do so you? Many. I know. So I know. It's hard. Uh, this girl I know reads – well, I thought it was impressive. She reads 52 books a year. And then I met another girl that reads, like, 80-something a year. Holy crap. And I'm like, wow, 52 seems like nothing. I'm trying to get 20. No, 23 is my goal. I did 23 last year. I'm going to try to meet it, if not. See, maybe you and I should set, like, two books a month was kind of going to be my thing. Oh, yeah. There you go. And that's do like you do you listen so. to them at all, or do you only read them? For some reason, I'm weird that I listen to podcasts all the time. Oh, that's, I mean, that's we all got our thing. I was just wondering. Right, but no, but then I read a book. <laughs> I don't know why I don't listen to a book. Right. But I it's like different. to actually read a book. Yeah. And I like to listen to podcasts. Yeah, so. I, I listen to some books, but a lot of the books that I've been listening to are books that I would need to read in order to to pause and write stuff down in the book or on a note. And the only time I listen, obviously, is when I can't read, which is when I'm driving. Right. So I'm not That's what that AMRAP one. mentality has, like, an exercise to do at the end of every chapter. It's right. like a 10 to 30 minute. Right. Because those books, especially those, those are books where, mm -hmm. if you, I mean, you can just read through them and go on to the next. But it's really clearly stated, if you do that, you're not going to get, you're not going to read the to. benefits of what you, you know. Right. Just spent time doing and reading that book. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I'll have to add some of those to my list. Can we talk about one other thing as we're both drinking our coffee? Absolutely. <laughs> I, would, I would love to. Caffeine consumption and how, how to take breaks. Because yeah. yeah, since I told you, uh, as of January 1st, I took a little break from caffeine. And that lasted, I was going to take a whole month. <laughs> month quick cold did turkey. You go gold, oh, you did go cold I, turkey. Yeah, I went cold turkey. and How'd that go? It lasted six days. That's actually pretty good. It was the most unproductive six days of my life. Like, I will never do that again. Ever. Ever. Did you come to a realization that you might be a... Uh, dependent? Might... <laughs> completely dependent. Okay, Completely good. dependent. At least you got that out of it. But that's why I tried. That's why I was like, nope, I'm going to stop. Because I am dependent on caffeine to get through my days. Mm. So I'm going to stop. It's the first of the year. I'm going to do the New Year's resolution thing. And I'm going to stop. And Six days later, you did not. And then I was like, never. I'm never doing that again. I will keep my dependency on coffee and be okay with that. This is, this is cup number three. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So... Um... 
So yes, um, and then yeah, talking to some other clients and stuff about pre-workout and when to cycle off, how long to, and yeah. So what are your what do you, what would you say works best? What are your general recommendations? Oh for my that? gosh. Well, me, I was gonna say yeah, do it for. <laughs> I think minimum two weeks. Like you need to do it, like to clear your body, mm-hmm. but minimum of two weeks. And I yeah, because I did not lose that dependency, but. So you found after the six days that. You, like after that one cup, you didn't feel any sort of extra. I felt extra, and that's what I came like. So my pre workout, I went from okay. Instead of a full scoop, I'm just gonna come back to like a quarter of a scoop. Okay. We're gonna start there, and okay. like haven't gone back up to a full. Like right. Just don't. Because you got the same effect out of it after this. See, even six days off. I mean, that's that's. Minimal. I didn't get the and same effect. Still... I just was like, I'm just gonna tone it back oh, down. Oh, I see. What you're <laughs> I'm saying. gonna tone it back down. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I was up to like a scoop and a half of pre workout. Oh like... my gosh, and your coffee. <laughs> How's your like, your sleep has been fine? Sleep has been fine, but I like do so much physically all day, and I have two kids, so it's like by the time nighttime rolls around, like, and I try to avoid it usually after like two o'clock. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're pretty much KO'd by the time. Yeah. Nighttime rolls around. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people struggle with that, and it's like the 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 excess cortisol levels are extremely <laughs> uh, horrible for most of those people, and yeah. I find that it's it's mostly yeah. not all the time, obviously, but it's mostly the type A personalities where. They feel like like these people tend to. Type uh, A. I'm not type A. Yeah, I'm not either. Oh, I am. But yeah. I, I oh, you are type A. Oh, okay. They say you're not. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, they tend to you know leave the house later because the the rush of get, being a late to a meeting, like they they kind of do whatever they need to do to have that little bit of a like huh, like little jolt because they're they they're so dependent on it. Um, but those are the people who tend to be addicted to caffeine so much, and I see it all the time, especially. Um, I would. I mean, I don't know. The girls that are in my classes are. I mean, it's it's more of a female population, so I can't say for sure that it's mostly girls versus guys, because um, not too many guys t- are in those classes. But I mean, they struggle with it all the time. It's the people who are trying to do, you know, sixty minute extremely intense workouts, and that is what they need to like get them up. And then you know, a few hours later, they're back down, so they need more coffee or they need more right. sugar, and it's like this never ending cycle. Right. Their cortisol never comes down after the morning, so those other you know, those other restorative hormones can never get back up during the day, and then they find themselves in a situation where they're like, I can't lose any body fat. What the heck is going on? And it's like a chain of effects, but it's difficult because you're asking someone to change the way they live their life, mm-hmm. just like most changes in health and fitness, but you're, I mean, especially that one, because if that's the driver for most people's day and they need it to, they need it to get through it, <laughs> you're asking a lot to... to to take it away. But yeah, I always recommend that my clients just wean off of it. Just, you know, if it's all right, if it's usually three cups, go down to two and a half, go down to two. I'm strong enough. I'm mentally strong enough to quit cold turkeys. Right. You're just not. That's again, I'm just all in or all out. Right. So I was like, nope, all out, done. (laughs) This time I'm all out. (laughs) Yeah. uh, How's the, um, how's the personal training going? Are you doing in person? Are you doing online? What are you doing? Online. Okay. Mainly online. So, um, and been more nutrition. Actually, online coaching and training is, I mean, I don't know what ratio to put it at, but I would say 80, 20, at least, um, of nutrition versus training. Then that's what it's been. Like, it's been interesting to see that that's not what I would have expected getting into it. Um, that's been much more. Yeah. Whereas in-person training is the flip flop, you know, because they're not with, they're not, they're not with you. You're not really tracking their stuff unless it's like some sort of all-inclusive package. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely flip. It's crazy how much more I've had to learn about. Um, nutrition because you can I mean you can give someone cues and, and training tips and things like that while they're doing their training but 
since they're not the trainer themselves, they might not know how to translate that from the words that you send or say into action. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they want to be in person. Yep. Right. Whereas right. nutrition, you can more black and white. Yeah. And you have to, I mean, you have to definitely select those people well because it, what I've discovered in the long run is it can, it can hurt. You know, if I have someone who's never exercised before, I don't care what they want and what their budget is. I'm going to tell them they have to do online or I have to do in-person coaching in-person training because that's going to benefit them later on. And then, you know, if they eventually create good body awareness and their form is good, then I can transition to them into some sort of more maintenance like online remote coaching. Um, But it's just not best for them if if they haven't had too much exercise history. And then they see, even if they see a video demo on how to do it properly, that that doesn't mean that they're just going to do it properly right then because they don't know how to control their body in that way. They don't know that you know, if their ankles are stiff, it's not going to allow them to squat well, even though they're bringing their butt back. You know, it's like a whole thing. Whereas, you know, so... Right, whereas, seeing you know, it in someone, person, you can... Right, seeing it in person, you can correct everything. They're like, oh, I didn't think about that. Whereas, you know, if you have someone who does have exercise history, um, works out really well, but they want, like, the fine-tuning, then you can tell them, okay, here's your here's your prescribed programming, and it's fine-tuned perfectly for you, and then we're going to really focus on nutrition and address all that in there. And then there's a whole other animal of... The honesty, you know, you have like they have to be honest, and sometimes <laughs> they're not, you know. So what? Never ran into that really. Yeah, it takes time. You will, you will. I promise okay. you. Yeah, you will. Okay. What else have you uh, I'm discovered? Some good peeps then that are yeah. honest and forthcoming, and yeah. what, what else yeah. have you discovered in the online coaching? Uh not yeah, not too much. Like it's such know, a learning it's just, process. And yeah, just with nutrition, like it's still it takes time to figure out what works for certain people, what's going to work in their lifestyle, and oh yeah, Absolutely. yeah, making the gradual changes, getting to know how their body responds, and yes, yep. So it's uh, people know the most about their body, but they're putting the trust in you, expecting that you know more than they do about their own body. But they they actually are the ones that know the most about their body, right? Like they know how they feel after if they eat right. a huge meal right before they go to bed, like right. But it's our job to help them like figure it out. And yes. realize it because yes. they say, oh, I never, you know, I never thought about that before or I never realized this and before. And that's what I think, I mean, I launched that in January 1 and so going, getting close to two months, my goodness, but the, it takes time to learn your body. Like I've learned so much in my own body, but I have so much data. Like, right. And so building the data, seeing what works. So. Yep. And yep. it's very hard to, uh, what I've discovered is it, it gets difficult to take the, take your own lens out of it. Even when it comes to training programming, like when I'm creating programs, I know exactly what I would like and how I like that. And be like, no, 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 I got to put myself in their shoes. What do they enjoy? Because that's another aspect right. too. They need to do something that they enjoy. You know, right? Otherwise, sure. it's not sustainable, and right. you're setting themselves setting them up for failure. Like right. it has to be small, small movements, maybe in the direction that they need to go. But right, exactly. Um, did you have you heard about all this uh, drama in the fitness industry with this Brittany Dawn girl? Yes. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, I didn't look into it that much. I don't like drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. difficult. That's I'm in a place where it's like having a huge following and having a lot of people follow my content would be cool, but I'm not sure if I'm just – I'm not sure if I'm in a place where I would readily be happy – or not be happy, but be willing to just have people say horrible things about my family and I all the time just because they don't agree with what I say on, about fitness. Like if you dig into stuff on there, like there's – when not. I looked into all that stuff, oh. I did. That's horrible. what I'm saying. I, I like saw a couple things, a couple posts about it. And I was like, meh. Yeah. I'm going to keep moving on and do me. Yeah, like, absolutely. But, but yeah, so what happened? Now, I mean, for now those you're of you, getting me intrigued in the drama. Yeah, for those tell of you me, that listening, for, the, for those of you listening that don't know, this this girl basically is like a social media influencer for the lack of uh, a real job word. Um, <laughs> and she's, you know, she's blonde, she's pretty, she's skinny, 
Uh, probably hasn't worked out too much. I watched a couple of her videos for form actually. It's not great. So it's probably one of those common situations where, you know, the, the she attracts a lot of followers, puts a lot of bikini pics up, you know, and then, oh, I have 500,000 followers. If I create some fitness content and convert whatever, 5% of those into, you know, right. paying customers, you got a butt ton of money right there. Right. So, you know, she did the that online. happens all the time, though. Like, that's what oh, I know. Oh, 24-7. Yes. That's what, I mean, uh, people are still jumping on the bandwagon now. I mean, I think you're too late if you start that, but whatever. But she, uh, you know, said she was going to do online coaching. She started making programs, offered all these things, um, custom-made programs, and people started discovering that it was just the same thing for every single person. Um, and they started creating these communities to, like, get their money back, or at least speak out about it, and nothing happened there. So it kind of just blew up into this whole thing where she just got all this negative attention because she people felt like they were being scammed. Now, the question is, you know, is – is it so much scamming? I'm not sure. It might be some, I was trying to do what was best, but I don't know anything about training. Therefore, it seems like scamming, you know? And it's not like you have to be a master. You don't have to know a lot, but you have to know something. You know, you can't just be, you know, some some pretty girl on Instagram and you just pull up some workouts from Google and then call it good. Like, that's not, that's not cool. And there's also an element of, you know, I don't feel that bad for the consumers. You also right, have, that's like, what I was consumer say. beware. You know, you have to you have to research and look into who are you who you are hiring. You're... You're putting your trust and your faith into someone that is going to handle your health and well-being, how you live. That's huge. That's more than, I mean, anything else. And so you have to do your homework when it comes to that stuff. And if you, you know, see some girl on there that has like 500, you know, thousand followers and it's like, oh, you know, she's lean when she actually was probably skinny her whole life, you know, and you're just like, oh, I'll buy that program for a hundred dollars. You know, it's on you. Right. You know, it's, you gotta be, consumer beware there. It's, it's challenging. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, and there's so many bad ones out there. Bad ones. Oh yeah. So many bad ones. And the thing so is too, like, like, and I think you know the question then becomes, okay, what is bad and what is good? Because then, you know, obviously, my six years of experience versus someone's twenty can look horrible, you know, and therefore I'm a bad True. trainer. Um, but you're I not. think I well, appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I think what it what it comes um, down to is the whatever person that you hire, I would obviously make sure they have the standard credentials, you know. And then make sure that you you can always tell when someone's BSing. Like if you ask them a question and they don't know and they're trying to tell you anyway, you can always tell. Um, I think what's most important is just making sure that that person has your best interest in mind even if they don't know. Like, hey, I don't really know a lot about that, but I know someone who does. I'll look into it for you. I don't know a lot about that. I'll learn and I'll let you know. Like they need to be your, your, your fitness person, your fitness consultant, so to speak, that is – for your best interest, even if they don't understand something perfectly. And if they don't, they're going to go out of their way to make sure they get the best answer for you. Um, and it's it's hard to kind of decipher but you know, between you know which one's right and which one's wrong as far as who's best for you. But if you take the time to look into it, ask people around you know, before you make your investment, it's you can find someone that's great. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. And then also – Well, I mean, this... and already in this conversation, I said I didn't know about the CrossFit. Right. Like, if I don't know, I don't know. Right, like, exactly. Like, yes. Exactly. And then I continue to learn, and I'm going to get better at my job. Yep. So. Exactly right. Yeah. And there's also, um, I also, oh my gosh, what was it the other night? I was also deep in Instagram on comments and things like that <laughs> with the people who are huge yeah, in the fitness industry. Sweet. I know. I, after 20 minutes, I was like, oh, yeah, it was like more like an hour. I'm lying. It was more like an hour. I was like, <laughs> I got to stop doing this. This is my, my. I mean, I do it all the time. I just thought, I thought right. you were better at cutting yourself off uh, from the phone than me. But. Yep. That in that case, I was not. I've actually, you know, now that you say that, I've been actually pretty bad about it. I need to be better. Um, but the whole anti-vaccination thing is huge too now. 
It's massive. I don't want to get into that. I know. One. That one I'm not. I'm going to stay far away from. <laughs> but um, so that's another thing. And it's crazy. It's just crazy how much attention fitness is getting no matter what the 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 you know the, the realm that the topic is in like it somehow fitness gets the fitness industry gets a hold of it i can't wait till like the pendulum swings back to where everybody like that really wasn't that into fitness gets filtered out and then you're kind of back into that place where it's like only the people who have dedicated their lives and their years and their days and their minutes and their hours to this are the ones speaking out versus everybody and their mother everybody. and sister and brother everybody. you know um but anyway that's just where i'm at with that stuff uh tan tangent not tangent that was a tangent we have some questions to answer um right yes yes we do um so basically what anna and i did is we put like a uh box a question box out on our instagram stories um seeing what people would like to know um which is what i do every sunday by the way shameless plug um but yeah just collecting questions and things like that so do you want to go through you dish one i mean you had one didn't you mm -hmm. yeah what do you got um, I'll ask you it. How, <gasps> Perfect. How, I'm the uh, the interviewer is the interviewee. Right, you how do you balance motherhood? Pressure yourself. <laughs> and taking care of yourself. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, the mother is asking me how I balance motherhood. I can't wait to get all my all these hateful DMs telling me I don't know anything about life. <laughs> You're a 25 year old kid who knows nothing. Um. I don't know. I mean, I guess I will take a shot at it. I do. Want, I want to hear this. Let's let's go. Let's roll with it. I mean, and I'm I would glad you're gonna take a shot. I need yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I would start with um, balance. I, I balance all start, starts with yourself. I think that if you are not taking care of yourself, then there is no way to balance anything else that you have going on in life. Um, and we've talked about it before. You know, it's like the, I you know you can't fill. I gotta stop saying you so much. I can't fill um, someone else's cup, you know, if mine is empty, um, so to speak. Um, so I would say it starts there. Now, I know that there are a lot of objections, you know, where it's like, you don't understand my schedule. You don't understand this. You don't have any kids. You don't know. You're right. I don't know. I don't. I really don't. But I can say that 99% of, I want to say that because I'm pretty sure it's 100, but 99% of my clients are, are mothers of at least two kids. And they get it done at least four times a week in the gym for an hour. I mean, if, if they can do it, you Ladies. can do it too. Yeah, and what happens is what I've been noticing is we kind of tend to get – being a victim is, like, really cool nowadays. And it's like you're cool oh, if you're a victim. Yeah, let's not get started on that. Like, it's I'm, my hold biggest... on. Hold on. It is my biggest pet peeve, but we have to talk about things. Um, and I've seen that come into our schedules and our daily lives. Oh, I'm running a business right now. You don't understand how busy I am. Uh, you know, it's whatever. It's the husband. I'm trying to run this thing and my wife isn't working. I'm trying to make all the money, blah, blah, blah. Or it's the mom. Uh, you know, I've, I'm a single mother. I have all these kids. I can't do it, blah, blah, blah. That my mentality in the first place is what keeps you from getting stuff yes. done. That's what keeps you from taking care of yourself. Just the positive mind switch of saying, okay, I can do this and I will and I'm going to do it this week. That, and that initially is going to set things up to get you going the right step. But circling back, I would just say that um, you can't, you cannot balance things if the balancer is not taken care of. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Quote that. <laughs> Boom. Done. Yeah. That's, that's what I would say as a mother. What would you say? Because your opinion is probably much more valid. Oh my goodness. Um, so I'm just speaking for myself, for sure. myself, for my own experiences as and as a mother of two kids, um, that it looks different, obviously for everyone. Taking yep. care of yourself and your I'm, balance and I what's going to work. I can't imagine how much people hate those answers in fitness. Eh, it depends. 
It does. I mean, but it yeah, really but does. I am. It does. But it really I mean, does. it's not. It's I not like I can give you one solid no, answer. Definitely not. Um, that's going to fit for everybody, and it changes even for me at different points in my life. Um, what self care means. Like, there's sometimes there I may need to take care of myself more, and that right. may be more yoga, more meditation. And then there's other times that I need to go for a run. Like, yeah. And then there's other times that I need that time with my kids, and it changes all the time. But I always have to fulfill myself. So. First thing, sometimes, though, mothers especially, I mean, after you have a child, if you are working, if you have two kids, like, and you haven't been taking care of yourself, it's like you just get so far behind and you're not even on your to-do list anymore. Like, that's not even, like, there, that you just have to start with 10 minutes. 10 minutes a day, I'm going to move, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to do something to take care of myself. Just start there. Start with something small. We've talked about it before. Just a small habit to start taking care of yourself, to get yourself back on your list. And... Then take care of yourself. Make sure you're getting sleep. Goodness gracious, yes. Seriously. Like what, I'm, I'm sorry, mothers. What do you expect to happen when you're getting four hours of sleep every single night? Right. Where's, the, where's your sanity going to come from? It's not. And so that's that to me is like make sure you're getting quality sleep, seven, eight hours. Make sure you're getting that. Um, and then just starting with 10 minutes, take care of your nutrition. Like mm -hmm. if you're not feeling yourself appropriately, if you're not feeling yourself well, that you're not going to have the energy even get up and start taking care of yourself and doing something exercise yeah, or physically absolutely. related so take care of your sleep take care of your nutrition start with 10 minutes of physical then start to increase it where you can find right. some common friends find play dates do something find a group find a hobby where you can start to do something physically active um and self-care i mean goes into making sure you also carve out time for social like so that you can fill yourself up of interacting with other adults and a lot of moms feel guilty no matter what, even if they're a stay-at-home mom and they're with their kids 24-7, they still have mom guilt when they step away for 30 minutes. Like, mm -hmm. it's – and every mom that works, like, has that little bit of guilt. Not everyone. Not everyone. Sorry. But a lot of moms do. When they step away and they're working, like, have that guilt that they're not with their child all day. Um, but you're creating a life. You're creating a future when you're working. And if you're staying at home, you also need to have time social with your friends, with family, to have that adult interaction. Yep. And not just – all in on your kids. Yeah, day, there. Yeah, there are a lot. Of, now there are a lot of thoughts spinning through my head. If I can gather them all back together. <laughs> um, but bouncing off of what you just finished with is, I think. I mean, I don't think I know. Too many mothers put all of their identity into being a mother. And I guess we should we should include fathers too, because there Absolutely. are some of my dad. So yeah, we should. I yeah. should have said that. I'm, I apologize for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry, man. We don't want to be sexist out there towards yes. you. Yes. Um, uh, 2019. Anyway, so <laughs> Anna's got her ponder face have, right now. I have to talk to you about something else in a Okay. Um, but yeah, so parents in general, don't – your identity does not have to be wrapped around your kids. Just because you love your kids and you choose to take care of them and you do what's best for them, that does not mean that your only um, worth that comes from life is being a parent. You have to have things that you love and identify with outside of that. Whether, like you said, Anna, whether it's a hobby – um, you know, something you go do with your friends every, you know, every week, every other week, you got to have other things outside of being a parent that fuel you, um, and make you go. Because if you don't stepping away from that, like you said, is going to cause that major guilt. And then even if you do step away and you have that guilt, you're not going to be able to be present with what you're currently doing, whether it's working out, whether it's, you know, being with your friends, being with your spouse, whatever it is, your mind is going to be elsewhere. And then once that time is over, you're going to never feel like you actually got it in the first place. Because, I mean, your body was there, but your mind wasn't. So that being present there is huge. And I think that would start with, 
you know, remembering that, hey, you are a human being that is allowed to enjoy many different things in life and allowed to be many different things in life. You do not have to just be a mother. You do not have to just be a father. You know, you can be a friend, uh, you know, an entertainer, a lover, a provider, whatever it looks like. You are all these different things. You can't put all your eggs in one basket in that sense. Um, and then another thing I was going to say is a little bit more of a practical kind of tangible takeaway is if first thing is if you have things to do, you got to come to a point of understanding that if those things don't get done, the world is not going to end. Like if you don't get to the grocery store that day, it's going to happen tomorrow. Like, believe it or not, you will have time later in the week to go. You do not have to go to the store that day. It is completely okay for you to say, you know what, I'm going to go to the gym for 45 minutes uh, instead of going to the grocery store. My kids can wait two days to have an apple. Like, it's going to be okay, you know. Um, so there, you, you kind of have to just understand that that stuff, the world is still going to revolve if you have those things not happen. You can do them later. Um, and then with kids and schedules, find a gym that has a daycare for the love of God. That is like the biggest thing ever. My mom, my mom did that growing up. Uh, not when she was growing up. That sounded weird. When I was growing up, <laughs> my mom was not a baby while she was taking care of me. Um, when I was growing up, my mom did that. At Miramont, we went to Miramont, and um, they had a daycare. And that was, I mean, there was no ifs, ands, or buts. My dad or my mom was going to be in the gym, and we were going to be in that daycare until she was done. That's it. End of story. Nothing else was happening. And that's the first thing she did that day. Nothing else was happening in the day until that got done. Because she knew and understood if she didn't take care of herself that day, and just poured herself out for the other people in her life 24-7, one, she would be mad at herself and feel empty, and two, she would not do um, as good of a job caring for us right. if she hadn't taken care of herself in the first place. So I think if there's like one tangible, one takeaway, um, or two, realize that it's okay if you don't get the things done that you wanted to. Screw it, put them at the bottom of your list, put the gym at the top, go. Put yourself. Put yourself at the yeah, top of your put, list. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. You know, it doesn't have to be the gym. We just talked about balance. Self-care. Yeah. Put yourself at the top, whatever that looks like. Going on a walk, doing yoga, going to the gym, uh, you know, talking to your friend on the phone, whatever it is, put that at the top and then realize that the other stuff can be taken care of even after you're done taking care of that thing. Um, especially, I mean, most people, your first three hours of the morning are your most productive for most for most people. Some of them, you know, tend to be night owls, but um, if you if you take yourself and just dive straight into a situation without taking care of your to-do list, you're gonna realize that five o'clock, five PM is gonna come and nothing has been done yet. So um, put yourself at the top and just get it done and make sure that is a thing that gets done before anything else. I mean, and you have to get to a point of action. We can tell you all these things, but you have to get to a point of action um, and actually do it. And then when you do it, take note of how the rest of your day goes. Take note of how, of how you feel. Right. Take note of how good it is knowing that, okay, I took care of myself. Now I can chill. I don't have to feel rushed to do all the other things in my, in my day because I did what was most important. Now I've got the rest of the day to do whatever. Whereas you start with all the 50 million things that you need to do and then you feel like you're rushed because you want to squeeze the gym in. No, 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 no. The, 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 the self-care comes first and then everything else will follow after that. So those are, those are my few pieces of advice and takeaways. I'm going to add on a little bit. Yeah. Just going along with um, identifying what, what does fill you up, what fills you up outside of your kids and make the time for to. that. Um, <clears throat> even as a mom right now, like when, when I was competing and – I mean, just all different areas going on and diving into everything that I know for myself to be happy at the end of the week. If I don't have time just social with either friends or family, 
that I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. Like it's a part of something that I need. That I just need some adult interaction where it's not adult interaction. Like I'm training somebody. It's like, no, I'm going to sit down and enjoy time with friends and family. It's right. connecting on a deeper level. Um, it's not an obligation. It's something you choose to go do because you love it. Yes. And because it fills me up. So identifying right. what makes you happy. And then I may offend some people with this. But, um, yes. That Dish it. Come on. If you're not taking care of yourself and you're not taking time to go to the gym, to work, if you're not showing that balance, like if you're just all wrapped up in your kids, what kind of kids are you raising? You're like, doing them a disservice. Absolutely. Yes. And that's my opinion, that you need to show, be a good role model, show balance. And obviously if you're at home, they're getting everything that they need. Like when you're saying like, yeah, they can wait two days to have an apple. Yeah. It's right. There's some people right. that don't know. They're going like, to be okay. Hey, your kid doesn't need to have $80 Nike shoes today. Your kid doesn't need this today. Like they'll, they will be fine with a little bit of food and some water. They'll be okay. <laughs> yes. And make sure they don't run in the middle of the street. Pretty much it. You'll be fine. Um, like that's one thing I picked up from my parents is, <clears throat> you know, they, it was an everyday thing. We were at the gym, we were at the daycare and that was that. And so I, I grew up believing, you know, until I was older and met other parents and realized that they don't do the same thing, that that was just something you're supposed to do. You're supposed to wake up, go take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And then after you're done, we take care of the family. Yes. Now people would say, oh, that's flip flop. That's selfish. Well, you can look at it that way. But, you know, when you've been taking care of everybody else for so long and then you realize you're completely depleted and you're on my 600-pound life because you can't take care of yourself anymore, what are your, what, what are your family members going to do when they need you? Right. Like, they can't do anything. You well, know? and get your kids involved. Like, my kids and I start Absolutely. off with five breaths. They have their yoga mats. We start with just five breaths. Yeah. Like, something little, but then get outside every day or do something active. Like, one of those two things, I would like to get outside every day, but I'm going to say I'm not. I'm not. 100% on that, yeah. but do something active with my kids every day and so that they know like what I'm doing, I'm taking care of myself, but also at the same time, like how much better they feel. Like mm-hmm. they love being outside. They love being active. And so I'm like, yeah, that's what mommy does in the morning. I yep. go and take care of myself. And they're like, yeah. okay. And, and then yeah. later on when they get older and they think, you know, oh my gosh, my mornings are crazy. Oh, that's right. Mom needs to just take some time to herself and do some breaths. I'm going to try that and see how that works. Like it's, it, they, they're kids. They might not get it now. But you are setting an example. You are ingraining something permanent in their minds that they'll come to understand when they're older. Yes. So um, that was this. Yeah, that's a that's a good topic to go over. When it comes down to it, you just got to make take some action. Um, the other one that I have is uh, the other question is how um, how often I'll let you start on this one since I went out of my way to do the mom thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how often do you think you should change up your I'm sure I'm paraphrasing it, but how often do you think you should change up your training routine? Ooh. That is the that is the, the question. Um, that depends on where you're at in your fitness journey, but for the most part, um, like if you're just starting off, I would give it eight weeks at just learning, learning, learning. It depends on how much experience you've had, but otherwise, I don't change mine up a whole lot. Like, I have my primary movements; those stay the same, right? And I switch up my accessory work, mm-hmm. so. Um, but four weeks. Yeah, I would say that, uh, so the, the exact, the exact question is, I did butcher it a little bit, but I was close. How long should you do a workout routine before you need to change it up to continue to see benefits? Um, so, I mean, like Anna said, it's completely, it completely depends on the individual. Um, once again, it depends. I know you hate it, but, um, it depends. So starting with someone who is first starting out, I would say that your, time period of seeing benefits is going to be a lot longer than other individuals. You you have those things called newbie gains and your body is just not acclimated to any sort of training. So it's going to 
adapt and adjust very uh, quickly and be able to do it for quite a long time. Um, so your your window of benefits, progress, whatever you want to call it, might be you know a bit longer. Uh, but after that, and you, after, as you become more experienced, it's going to dwindle down a little bit. And I would say, you know, on average, I would say, you know, people that consistently work out, they probably should switch it up, you know, every three to four weeks. And that's when they tend to, you know, stop seeing the same progress and results. Now, uh, the more you train and get experience, the more you'll be able to be in tune with your body and you'll be able to understand. Yeah. And you'll be able to understand okay, my, I, my weights are going down than they did last week. I, it's time for me to switch it up. Or um, uh, I hit my PR a week ago, but I'm, I'm five pounds, 10 pounds less this week. It's time to switch it up. You'll get more in tune with those things as you progress, and you'll be able to understand your body more. Um, but initially, three to four weeks is a great place to start. I would say, you know, even outside of progress, uh, it's a good place for your mind. You know, switching it up every month, every three weeks or so, you can have a new routine, um, and that helps you kind of stay fresh in the gym. Um, and then just scheduling, cause that's a reality too. It's just easier schedule wise. If you do things for a month, you know, when to change it the next right. time. Um, and it just keeps things super simple. Uh, I just wouldn't dig into it too much, but you know, three to four weeks is a good place to start. And as you get more in tune, um, you'll be able to understand when your body has not seen the benefits from your workout routine anymore. Uh, and then even if you're at three to four weeks, but you're still progressing, keep going. You know, you don't, you don't have to do it at three to four weeks. Um, as you get more experience, and like I said, you do understand your body more, you can wait to see, until you start to uh, plateau a little bit. I would not wait any longer than that um, and test it out. You kind of want to get to a point where you change your routine as your body comes to complete adaptation. Um, before it be uh, before it gets to complete adaptation and you're on a complete plateau, you kind of want to switch it up right before you get to that stage. And if you're training you know, consistently, that tends to be anywhere from three to four weeks long. That's what I would say. Do uh, you have anything else to add on that one? Okay, the four weeks. But then also, um, as you gain more experience, just switching up your reps. Like, Oh, yeah. Of that's course. just a way to switch up your routine. Like, It doesn't have to be you switch your routine completely. Just switch up. Right. Just an element your, of it. Or your sets. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can always, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's something you should be doing for sure. Like when you create, and the thing is too, you know, when you create a training program, have something that is mapped out for weeks at a, or sorry, months at a time. You know, don't. If you do just one month or one phase, three to four weeks, and then you don't have anything after that, you're going to get to the end of the four weeks and you're going to say, okay, what should I do now? Versus having something set up that was already designed to keep you progressing from what you were just doing. Try to set it up for at least you know a quarter um, out of the year. Every three to four months, try to set one up. That way you understand each process and each phase that you're in, what you're supposed to be getting out of it, and that way you're continually progressing too. That way it's not just random where you're like, okay – I did six reps this month and this month's over. I guess I'll just go to, you know, four now. You know, you try to have something that you can buy into because when you buy into the process, you'll be able to trust it more um, and you'll get far more results that way instead of just kind of bouncing all over the place, making it completely random. I'm spacing out. Okay. You're going to figure this out for me. What is the <laughs> workout routine of like you do four weeks at like 15 reps, you do four weeks at 12, and you do four weeks at eight? I don't know what the technical name is. I don't, yeah, I don't know what the technical name of it. I mean, it's um, sets like that. Um, but and there's a different intention behind each week, and you just go through it. So every quarter, you're just cycling through. Right. So and see uh, how I mean, your body you know, periodization is 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 one of them, but you usually go up in that one instead of down. So it could be like reverse periodization or something like that. Um, I'm not but noticing sure. each month, like where your body grows the most. Oh, and, like, sure. And paying attention to that, so you get you just get to know your body better. Um, right. 
and where your reps should be and yes for you to see the most gains yeah absolutely um and i with 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 my clients i design them four months or sorry four weeks at a time um and you know they go from a place of strength where they're going lower reps and then they usually go up um from there and then they go up a little bit further um <clears throat> it can be difficult at times to understand you know where your reps are starting at 15 versus if you start at six and i think just lifting those lifting those heavy weights at the beginning creates a good foundation too so um, it, it, you know, it doesn't really matter where you start. Just make sure you have an idea of how you're going to progress after you're done with that first phase. That way you can continue going because buying into the process is huge. If you're just blindly following something, it's not going to pay off. Your mental state isn't going to be in it and the positivity that your mind creates um, definitely feeds into the physical things that your body takes care of outside of that. So I always make sure that all of my clients, for example, they understand why they're doing what they're doing. You know, so I always make sure, hey, do you, do you fully understand this? Uh, and if they say no, I say, okay, what part of it are you not understanding or, or getting or whatnot? So they can understand, okay, if I'm lifting in four to six reps the first month, I'm doing that to enhance my, my metabolism, build maximum strength, because that maximum strength is going to translate into the second phase where I'm lifting heavier reps, or sorry, more reps, lighter weight, and I am doing uh, you know more of a muscle building or, or hypertrophy stage because that foundational strength is going to bleed into that, which is allowing to grow more volume, which will in turn allow me to build more lean mass, which will in turn allow me to be able to burn more calories at rest. You know, right. So that's just like a basic understanding. If you're able to put one of those puzzle pieces together, one after the next, you'll be able to buy into it um, a lot easier and you'll be able to believe in you know, why you're going to the gym. You understand, okay, today I'm going to the gym to get this done versus, oh, today I have to go to the gym and get this workout in because my trainer told me to. Or I have to go get this workout in because I guess it's good to burn calories and lift weights. Like, try to have a little bit of an understanding as to what's going on. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Knowledge and experience and knowledge and application, whatever is higher than power is what that is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know it's higher, higher than power as far as wording goes. Uh, and then the other one that um, I got, you were asked this yesterday, but um, we can talk about it today too. Um, when, or sorry, do you need to add in or do a separate core and ab workout? Do you want to start on that one? Sure. I feel like I've been speaking forever. Yeah. I don't know. Roll with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we talked about this briefly beforehand, but um, in my opinion, no. No, you do not need a separate core workout. Right. I think abs are made in the kitchen. You've heard it before. Like, my six-pack is popping when my nutrition is dialed in. It's not popping because I did 500 crunches every single day for the last year. That's sure. not where it's coming through. Um, but as you're going through your training, to be intentional before you move into a squat that you are bracing your core mm -hmm. and you are using your core on every single exercise, that you are mindful of what you're doing, um, as well as with yoga. I mean, it's talked about in a lot of classes. You right. pull your core in tight. So in every movement, your core is engaged and you're building a strong foundational core. I don't think it is necessary. Um, I think your energy can be spent somewhere else. Like mm -hmm. It's better spent somewhere else than sitting and training your core and doing ab exercises and sit-ups and whatever else it may be. Um, but where was I going with this? Oh, if you're competing. If you're competing, we talked about it, that you may have different goals. But for everyday person running around, no, your core is going to be engaged as you're doing squats, as you're doing deadlifts, as you're doing an overhead press, like everything in your core is going to be involved. So. Yeah, I would say, I mean, if you, <clears throat> I would say it's it can be beneficial as absolutely necessary. Um, no, I always encourage people to do it. I mean, if, if you're someone who just wants to move better and have more, um, freaking slipping all over my chair, and have more stability in your um, daily life as you're picking things up, as you're trying to the side, you know, 
like Anna said, it's it's you know really beneficial if you brace your core while you're doing those heavy lifts during your training. Make sure you're having a lot of rotational movements in there um, in order to support those 28 muscles that are in your core. I'm not sure exactly how many there are. I need to go back to the training training certification for that. Um, but yeah, in that sense, yes, I would say um, I would say yes. I think you can a whole separate day seems excessive. Um, but what Anna and I were talking about before this is just figuring out what you need for yourself. I think that um, abs are made in the kitchen, but they are made in the gym as well. Like what we were talking about is if you have thicker ab walls, and I'm just talking from an aesthetic standpoint, so appearance-wise, if you have thicker ab walls, they are going to show when you have higher percentage, uh, a higher percent body fat. So if you have someone who is extremely lean, but they don't have thick ab walls, you might not be able to see too many abs at all. Um, so it's important to build those ab walls underneath, uh, especially if you're trying to get those abs to show. Now, what we were talking about, if you're trying to get those squares and those boxes, those definite, you know, ab sections, like a six-pack or an eight-pack, um, and you're a guy, I think, you know, some strength training and applying strength to your routine will definitely be necessary to build those abs because the, the, the bracing is going to help a lot with the stability, but it's a different contraction. It's more of an isometric contraction where it's not going to facilitate growth or anything like that. Um, so applying heavy resistance to your abs is going to help build that. Um, and that's another thing that I think people don't, there's a lot of misunderstanding around ab training. You know, it's, I'm gonna do 500 crunches, I'm going to do whatever, 20 leg raises, all this stuff. Abs are just like any other muscle in the body. They respond really well to heavy weights and lower repetitions, um, unless you've been doing that forever. You know, if you mix it up, obviously it's going to adapt and change that way. Um, but applying, if you do want to build your abs and create thicker ab walls, um, so they can stand out more, even if you're not at 5% body fat, because we all know how difficult that is too. Because we also have to take that into consideration, you know, modern life, you know, are you trying to stay at 9% body fat your whole, you know, your whole life year round? That's very challenging and very difficult. It's hard to have a lot of flexibility in there unless you're like, just like that all the time genetically, which most people aren't. Um, so having a thicker ab wall might be, you know, it might make it easier to have those abs show even, you know, when you're in Mexico and you have, you know, 12% body fat instead of, you know, five or whatever. Um... But yeah, so you gotta apply the heavy weight to those um, ab training exercises. And then a big mistake that I see too is people hinge at their hips during ab movements instead of rounding their back. The abs are designed to bring your ribs closer to your pelvis, your pelvis closer to your ribs. They are not designed to bring your upper body closer to your lower body. So um, <clears throat> rounding your back is actually something that you want to do during ab training. You know, if you're doing um, a sit-up, whatever, a decline sit-up, a, a leg raise, whatever direction you're going in, I always try to cue people um, by saying slowly, especially that one, slowly take each vertebrae off the ground or off the bench. It has to be slow and controlled, constant tension the entire time. If you keep your back straight and you're just bringing your upper body up without rounding your back, you're using your hip flexors um, and your hips there and you're not getting any ab movement in there whatsoever, especially the... the, um, the uh, the flex position that is staying flexed while it's being contracted and elongated the entire the entire time it's going to facilitate muscle growth so you have to round that back um especially and then another thing going off i'm just going off on this one but i just talked about this on one of my other podcasts which is why i'm kind of going nuts with it but the other thing is um trying to fix and adjust an anterior pelvic tilt so anterior pelvic tilt if you were to imagine like a, a bucket um, it's going to be tilted forward, you know, as if it was letting water out. That's an anterior pelvic tilt. So that lower back um, is is slightly arched. The front of the pelvis is lower than the back. Um, and what happens is this keeps a lot of people from engaging their abs properly because their lower back is arched the whole time. And so all they do is fold at the hips. 
So if you can kind of um, train those abs to be engaged as your lower back presses into the ground, that's kind of an exercise that I have people do. You know, they lay on their back. If there's a gap between the floor and the and the and their back, they you know tuck their tailbone up and in. They breathe out, squeeze their abs, and then press their lower back against the ground. Hold for three to five seconds, and then repeat that a few more times just to get those abs familiar with um, what position they should be in. And then that can translate over to you know your ab training. Like if you see someone doing a cable crunch, you know where your knees are on the floor, they're grabbing the cables over their head and they're crunching down to their knees. You see a lot of people, their butt will move back and forth, um, and their back will stay straight instead of their hips staying in the same position and their back rounds. That's what's bringing the weight down in the abs. So um, anyway, back to the original question, which was, do you need to add another day? Uh, you don't have to, but I mean, if it's something that you want to build you do need to dedicate extra time into that stuff. And like for me right now, what we were talking about before this, before we were recording as well, is just that right now with where I'm at, um, I've been giving a lot of energy and focus into my compound lifts and my ab training has been scheduled at the end of my workouts and I've been gassed at that point. And I'll be honest, my mind, what I told Anna is my mind has left the gym at that point, but my body is still there. So my abs, although I'm training them, they're being neglected. I was trying to finish those last two exercises so I can get the heck out of there and go on with my day. So now I've been putting them, so this new phase that I'm in, I put them at the beginning of the day. And that served as a great warm-up for me um, to get everything engaged. Um, I can dedicate all of my energy to that and then go into the rest of my workout. Um, so just format it how you want, you know, depending on your schedule, depending on your routine. You know, if you feel like your abs are already super built and you don't want to focus on them, you don't have to. Like Anna said, just focus on bracing your core during big movements. And make sure your 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 spine is properly stabilized. Um, and if you do, you know, then you can dedicate some extra time. The only extreme case where I would recommend, like we were talking about before, um, if recommend someone doing an extra day is if they're not finding time out or during their original workouts, and it like their their physique or their you know their competition or how they do in a competition fully depends on their abs. Like if you know if Anna just went to the to on on stage and they said, hey. Every area, your delts look great, your, your hamstring tie-in looked great, but your abs were just not, not good. She might want to focus more time into that because her hamstring tie-in and her shoulders and her delts already kind of pop as they are. Then she might want to find some extra time, you know. So, um, Thanks that for would... that, but that's true. <laughs> that's actually true, too? There you go. No, no. Oh, okay. It's not. <laughs> it's not. You're just making it up. I'm just going to take, I'll take the delts. I'll take the delts and the hamstring Perfect. tie-in. Perfect. So. Perfect. Um, um, yeah, and it, going back to, like, um, with yoga, like I teach yoga, obviously, and right. um, there's core involved in every class. But is there, Absolutely. is it like an entire hour class, like the 30 minute ab series classes that there are out there? I don't think that's necessary still. But in yoga, do the same thing, like same setup. Every time I start a class, it's always press your lower back to the mat, pull right. your hips up towards your ribs. Even in plank, pull your rib cage, your lower rib, down to your hips. Plank is done wrong 90% of the time. Right. So, and that, just that cue. Just next yep. time you guys are doing plank, forearm plank, whatever it is, draw your lower ribs towards your hips, the top yep. of your hips. So. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, um, the ab training, huge, huge, huge misunderstanding there. But, yeah, you don't you don't have to if you don't want to. Uh, Anna, do you have anything else that you would like to add, speak on? Um... Only other thing I was gonna say, I'm surprised you didn't bring it up, and I'm just I, oh, I'm no. an open oh, book, yeah, and I'm gonna confess that I've not been journaling. Oh been journaling no, um, I have. God, like yeah. I mean, I do it sometimes, but I have not been consistent, and so. So what's consistent? So you're gonna you're gonna hold me accountable next time we talk. It's, you got it. It's gonna happen. What I mean, right now I'm just like? every morning, like I have okay. it scheduled in my morning routine, but it's like the one thing that I'm like, 
if I'm running like five minutes, I, like I only set, I only have five minutes scheduled in for yeah. interval, which is not enough time probably yeah. to do it. So right, and then like, yeah, then I, I mean, run behind you know, on my morning. I'm like, nope, that's the thing that I don't. Right. There's other things I'd rather do. So, right. um, I mean, I still like was starting with just three things I'm grateful for, but then I just write, I just say them in my head. I'm like, okay, this, this, this and this. Yeah, mm. Let's move forward. Right. So I'm not mindful. I'm not present. I'm not. Right, because if you say them in your head, uh, like ten minutes passes, and you totally forgot about them in the first place. Yeah, like it's just checking off the list. It's yeah. just a like mental check. Okay, move forward. Right, like, just so I can say I did it. Yep. Versus actually getting that's a huge thing too. You know, I I fall into that trap a lot of doing something because I said I was going to versus doing it because one I said I was going to, but the reason I said I was going to is to get the benefits that come yes. from that thing. Yes. Um. Yeah, and that's huge. But yeah, I have been journaling. Um. Not. I mean, my my. Uh, you know, I'm trying to stick with two or three days a week right now, and I've been hitting that. Okay. Um, I don't have any, like, higher same, expectations same, okay. for myself right now. But one thing that um, I will be doing uh, uh, moving forward and working on is uh, uh, my phone as far as checking it in the morning. So the last couple of mornings, I've – so I charge it in my room. And then the last couple of mornings, I've – like, the alarm went off. I'll turn it off, and I just leave it there. And then I'll go downstairs, and I'll – you know, whatever I need to do, at, like, that's super important that day, I'll get done. Um, and then after that stuff is done – I'll check my social media. I'll check my emails, things like that. Like not even until noon, and I have been far more productive um, in that in that way. So I mean, that's that's something that I'm working on for sure. Nice. Perfect. Well, thanks for being here. We'll have to do this again. So if you guys have questions next time that you would like to ask, either um, and well, we are doing it again. What am I saying? Uh, every two weeks is what we plan on right now. So if you have questions that you would like to be asked here. Um, with Anna and I, go ahead and um, send us a DM. We'll put that question box out before we do it too um, as well. But yeah, we just wanted to do this because it's a good opportunity for um, people to hear, you know, two different um, viewpoints, life experiences, you know, one male, one female, you know, just you can relate to people in different ways. Um, so it's good to get an extra voice on here and just talk about things. So if you guys have anything, uh, you know, let us know and you'll see that question box on there. Um, Anna, where can people find you in your question box before we meet on Anna Merrill Fitness. Two R's, two L's in Merrill. Mm, two R's, two L's. Anna Merrill Fitness. No underscore, no nothing on there? Nope. Anna Merrill Fitness. And then, um, so yeah, like I said, check out her story every once in a while. Make sure you put a question in there or just send her a DM. And then uh, mine is Adam underscore Pullman Fit, and you can find that there. Other than that, thanks for being here, and uh, we'll you. see you guys down the road. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe it is over already. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Hey, listen in. If you have a health and fitness goal that you are trying to reach, I don't know what else to say other than to say it must be a match made in heaven. If you didn't know already, Pullman Fitness exists to transform the body, mind, and spirit through personal coaching and sustainable fitness plans for any stage of life. So if you want to reach your goals, build sustainability, and enjoy life all at the same time, you guys got to check out Premier Coaching at Pullman Fitness. From custom tailored programming to 24-7 access to your personal coach, you'll have everything that you need to succeed. You guys can find out a lot more about Premier Coaching as well as our membership program at PullmanFitness.com. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, share the love by leaving a five-star review and introducing the podcast to your friends and family. As always, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, this is The podcast.